I'm Daria Rose, and this is The Foodist Podcast, where real people use real food to get healthy and lose weight without dieting. Hello, and welcome to The Foodist Podcast. I'm Daria Rose. This is a pretty heavy episode. Bonnie called because she has had a lot of trouble getting one specific part of her health style back on track after losing her mother last year. Uh, She was very close with her mom, and it's understandably been very hard for her to, you know, rebuild her sense of purpose and meaning. And in particular, she wanted some advice on getting back in the gym, because that's been one thing that's been really hard for her in particular. And as many of you know, I also lost a parent last year. I lost my dad and we were very, very close. So this, you know, this is not a, a light conversation, but I know that it's something that a lot of people struggle with. Uh, losing a parent is really hard and most of us have to go through it <laughs> sometimes more than once. And finding your way out of that and caring again about yourself and knowing what it looks like for you to move forward can be really hard. It's like it's it's so emotional and it's so tied up in in your identity that it can it can be difficult. So we talk about it. I I don't have all the answers, but I do think that Bonnie comes away with some actionable advice and there's still a lot to be learned here. So I hope you appreciate this one and enjoy. Hi, Bonnie. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, What are you struggling with today? Well, I've been working on my health style for about two and a half years now, and I've had really good success um, with weight loss and mindful eating and everything. Um, And I had a pretty good gym routine going. But uh, about this time last year, my mom got really, really sick. And then she passed away in October. Mm, and I'm sorry. Yeah. I, w- I went through that last year too. It's I know. I know. That's part of the reason why I wanted to talk to you about it was because I was like, you totally get it. You yeah. know, what the, the, the kind of stress that that creates in your life. And even while she was sick, I still went to the gym. I was very motivated. I felt great. And it was like she passed away and it was like a door slammed shut on me. Like that's over and you can't go back. And it's it's actually been like emotionally painful for me. Like I put on my workout clothes and it makes me upset. And and I, I, I try to, you know, I've, I've wor- tried to work through this over the last several months, but I cannot get there to figure out, okay, what should I do about this? Like what's the, I've read Kristen Neff's book, self-compassion. And, but I'm like, at what point do you say, okay, you know, I got to get on with my life and how do you move forward? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little bit confused. So what about putting on your workout clothes makes you upset? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, this is all, it's all like tangled up in there. And as soon as I try to really untangle it, like I said, I start to get emotional and it's painful. There must be something about my you know, my identity that's tied up in it. Like, you know, because I felt like my, my mom passed away and I've never gone through anything like that before. And it was like, I was tossed into the middle of the ocean, like just completely adrift and your life is completely shattered and you have to like rebuild it, Mm -hmm. you know, and move forward from 
from this place that's all of a sudden is really unfamiliar. You know, there's some familiar things, but it surprised me a lot of the things that I, you know, like I couldn't read a book for four months. I'm a, I've been an avid reader my whole life and I couldn't even pick up a book for four months. And then when I finally did, all I've been able to read since then is self-help books. Hmm. And I don't know how, you know, other people go through these things, you know, and sort of find their new path back to not, there's no going back, you know, that's part of it. It's right. like, I, I want to go back to the gym. I really just want to go back to who I was before, you know, I want my mom back and I want to feel how I felt a year ago. You know, I felt strong and I felt good and I was motivated to go to the gym and I had a reason why. And it's like, I lost that reason why. What was your reason before? Uh, It was, it was kind of superficial. I think I wanted to be, I wanted to feel strong. I wanted to be healthy, but ultimately I wanted to be a badass. I mean, that sounds so dumb now when I think about it. You know, and it felt good to go to the gym and it felt, you know, like who I was and who I wanted to be. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, and that's that's what I've really been wrestling with for months is like, why? What's what's stopping you? And I've I've tried changing gyms. I've tried buying different shoes. I've tried I've tried all kinds of things and it's just gone. It's interesting because I imagine you still want to feel strong and healthy and like a badass. Yes and no. I really went on this health style journey a couple of years ago, two and a half years ago. And, and I was really into it. I took pictures in the sports bra and the bikini bottom so that I could then compare later. And when I look at those things now, those pictures now, I'm like, that doesn't even matter to me anymore. Hmm. I still care about what I eat. I care about my health. I've, I've actually improved my diet dramatically over the past year. I, when we talked last year, I said, oh, maybe, you know, I'll get a coaching call from you to quit sugar, which I actually did on my own after my mom passed away. Wow. Yeah. But the the gym thing, there's just something all tied up in there that's blocking me, I guess. Hmm. Yeah. It's almost like, I, I don't know, like there's some sort of like a, maybe some part of your drive was to make your mom proud or make her impressed or something like that. My mom passed away from respiratory failure. And I remember being at the gym and thinking, you know, I'm, I'm doing this because she can't. And I have thought about that since then, you know, like I'm here for her in a way. She was very, very frail at the end. And it was a struggle for her to like get up from the toilet. You know, we had put in like railing, you know, to like handlebars next Mm -hmm. to the toilet. And and I thought about the future and like, okay, I don't want to be, I don't want to get like that. I want to be able to get up you know, stand up from the toilet. It's an important thing to be able to do in life. And I'm sure she would want that for you. She would. She would. So I don't know. I mean, I, it upsets me every time. And so hopefully I won't cry, but it's like, as soon as I start to go down this road with the gym and working out, it just seems like, I don't know. It just gets me upset. (laughs) Not just upset, too upset to continue doing it. Yeah. I don't know. That'd be my question. Like, do you just keep going anyways, even though things upset you and you soldier on. I think there's an element in it of comfort for me. Like, you know, working out is uncomfortable. Yeah. And I'm always uncomfortable now. So I don't want to be more uncomfortable. Does that make sense? A little bit. So work, working out is uncomfortable and because it's hard. I remember when I first started, um, I have a little piece of paper on my bathroom mirror that says, you know, that mentally strong people practice tolerating discomfort. You know, and so I would 
push myself at the gym and be like, I'm practicing tolerating discomfort, you know, and I was proud of myself, but it's like, now I just want to, I don't want to be uncomfortable. I don't know. It sounds really superficial. Not necessarily. I mean, it, it seems like what you're telling me is that you didn't really like it. You did it to be, to prove something to yourself or to be strong or, or to be, like you said, a badass and sort of do what you felt like you should be doing despite the discomfort involved. I did like it though. I mean, I did, but it's like every time I, I try to even think about it now going back or, you know, the first thing I think of is, well, you can't go back, which is true. You have to move forward. So how, how can I move forward? That's what I want to do. I want to move forward. Is there a time that's going to come? That's going to be better. Maybe I'm looking for you to tell me that it gets better. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I was struck by your language just now, because when you said, every time I think about going back, my assumption was that you meant go back to the gym on a regular basis. But in you followed it up with go back in time. Yeah, that's really what I want. As if that was the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Every time I think about the gym, I think about last August and I felt great. I felt strong. Um, we went camping. I went on a six mile hike. I felt terrific. It was like after my mom died, all I really wanted to do was go back to August. I can't go back to August. You know, I have to move forward. I felt great. I had a great gym habit. And it was like my mom died and this door slammed shut that was like, you know, those doors with like no handle. Yeah. They're just like flush against the wall. It's like that. That's how I feel. Like I got pushed through this doorway and the door shut and I can't go back. So I have to move forward. I have to figure out how to move forward. Right. It's almost like the language is in your mind so confused because back means behind a door you can't get to. Yeah. But it's also means going to the gym, which is ahead. Yeah. And I guess I wonder, is it is it ahead? Am I ever going to get back? I guess I have doubt. Maybe who I was isn't who I am now. And who am I now? And is this person that I am now, does she go to the gym? She doesn't right now. Is she going to go to the gym? You know, I don't know. I wonder if that's the best question to be asking. It's not the best question? Well, you're, you're putting a lot of constraints on the person that you are. Right? Yeah. Like, like it involves being somebody who very specifically goes to the gym and feels like you did over a year ago. Mm-hmm. That might not be what it looks like, but I have serious doubts that you don't want to be physically fit or healthy moving forward. No, I, d- I do want to be healthy. You know, is that what you're saying that you, you, you think I do want to be or that I don't want to? be? No, I think you do. Like, I think that's one of your strong values. Yeah. So it's not a question of if you want that. It's a matter of how you achieve that. Yeah. How do I get there? I, I don't see a path. That's why I wanted to talk to you because I was like, you've been down this road, you know, your own version of this road, and you've maintained your healthy lifestyle. And it's probably because that was still a newer part of my identity you know, the, I like going to the gym. I want to go to the gym. I'm, you know, I'm strong, I'm fit and everything felt ripped apart and that got ripped apart too, along with everything else and just putting the pieces back together again. Yeah. Right. So there's a lot here. 
one of the things that I would want to do is help you focus on what you're missing mm-hmm. by not exercising. And by the way, you don't have to go to the gym. Like that doesn't need to be what your new exercise looks like, but I do want you to be physically active because right. that's good. Right. <laughs> like that yes. that's necessary no yeah. matter what. Right. Like it, like no matter if you're the only human on the planet, you need to be physically fit. Yeah. You probably especially need to be physically fit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great point. Yeah. Like somebody's got to spear those fish for you right. and forage those vegetables. So, you know, we can loosen the, the gym, you know, it's an idea if you, if you like. Yeah. But it sounds like, I mean, you tell me, but it sounds like what you can't, it's hard for you to tell right now what you're missing by not being active because there's so much missing and it's all tied in the same, this sucks, everything fell apart package. Yeah. I, I'm better than I was, you know, as, as I'm sure you are too. I'm back to okay, I would say, but I'm not anywhere near where I was, which is, I, I think, to be expected in the grieving process. I, I need to be physically active. So. What do I do? How do I, you know, again, I go back to the get back to, and as soon as I say get back, that's when my brain starts to go, well, you can't go back. So yeah, just forget saying that. Yeah. Let's stop saying that. I agree. I think that's confusing you. Yeah. Yeah. It's like my, like on a subconscious level. Yeah. Like my brain just like, okay, you can't do that. Can't go back. So you can't do anything. Like just sit here. It's that doesn't make any sense. Right. And that's the limiting belief. You just hit it. Yeah, it's, it's okay. So I can't go back. So what do I do to move forward? Great question. Let's start with what you'd like to do. In the physical realm, I guess. I feel like every day I just soldier through, you know, like I do the things I have to do. Yeah. And maybe that's where I'm still at in my process is that I just have to do the things I have to do. And, you know, I could certainly put being physically active in the things I have to do, you know, just as part of it, you know, okay, you don't have to love this, but you have to do it. Well, let's focus a little bit on what, how that would help you actually, how could it, how could it actually be part of your healing process? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> Cause I really haven't focused on the positives. I get so confused on the, the thing I'm not going to say anymore that I just stop, you know, I just stop thinking about you it. Shut down because it's upsetting. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the things that would be positive that would help me in my healing process, I could sleep better, which is, big, you know, big one. Yeah. Has been hard. I, I listened to your podcast the other day about sleep and I, I actually sleep pretty well, but I use a lot of, I use a lot of drugs to help me get there. And like sleep's just moved up to like the number one priority space. So hmm. like I need to get sleep because I can't soldier through everything else if I'm tired, you know, so sleep is like become my number one priority. So when you were telling your podcast coaching client about, you know, sleep needs to be a priority. Sleep needs to be a priority. I was like, yeah, sleep needs to be a priority. And I'm there, you know, like sleep's number one right now. So sleep, if it would help me sleep, that'd be great. It absolutely does. It's yeah. a great thing. And it goes both ways, actually, though. If, if you're really tired, it is harder to get out the door and do something fit, like do something active. I've actually, being pregnant, like I have these like waves of fatigue and it's really hard when you're tired to make yourself do, especially when you have an expectation in your mind of what a workout looks like and it's yeah. kind of 
badass. <laughs> yeah. Um, so one of the things I do is I I just let myself do something easy, but I try to really do something because I know it doesn't get better if unless I do something. Yeah. Okay. So sleep is a big one. Sleep's a big one. Sleep is a big motivator for me right now. So get good sleep. And then probably stress relief, obviously. Yeah. I think I for, I've forgotten the good things almost. It's funny because I feel like I'm just running through a list like one of those magazine articles, like the five <laughs> benefits of exercise, helping right. you sleep, helping you be less stressed. Like, you know, yeah, I mean, but I, I don't think I feel that anymore viscerally. Like I don't, I've forgotten the way that feels or maybe it didn't feel good enough right afterwards. And so but I didn't keep doing it. I don't know. Well, it's, it makes sense that there would be a time of just sort of overwhelming, I mean, dep- depression for lack of, a better, lack of a better word, you know, yeah. where it's hard to just even think about going through your day mm-hmm. as if it was okay. Like it's not okay and you don't feel okay. And that, that makes sense. But it, it's been a, a year now, right? It's almost 10 months. Yeah. So it's getting on to a year. Yeah, it's definitely, it's been long enough that it is certainly, like, if, if you aren't feeling better to, to do these certain, you know, self basic self-care mm-hmm. stuff, it's been a little long to be neglecting things like that. Yeah. For sh- I would say for sure. Yeah. Um, and, and, it is, and I do think reframing it as self-care, when you view exercise as something hard, something you should do to be a badass, something that's, you know, got to be strenuous. And, and not that there's anything wrong with that, like sometimes, but in your case, you're lacking a major self-care element that you need more than ever. Yeah, I agree. And that's why I keep, I keep looking for it. When am I going to get back to this and how, what's the path back to this? And I think we're starting to touch on it. Like, okay, you have to think about the positives and what are the benefits and seeing it as a self-care and a necessity and a value that is important to me. It's important to move forward and put these, these pieces back into place and whatever they look like, you know, if it's just going for a walk. Yeah. I want to, I want to keep adding on this list. Actually. I don't, I don't think we've quite hit everything. Okay. Uh, (laughs) um, Do you know about the role of exercise in, in mood regulation? No. So exercise is one of the best defenses against depression and depressed mood in general. It it raises endorphins naturally. Mm Mm-hmm. People don't know why, but they just sort of feel better yeah. <laughs> when they've been physically active. And that sounds like something you could use a lot of. Yeah, I could. I could really use some endorphins. You could really use some endorphins. Yeah, I could use some comfort. That's how I feel. And for me, comfort has been not exercising. But maybe I need to, again, reframe that and be like, exercise will be a comfort. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. It certainly is for me. Is it? Yeah, because for me, it's, you know, it's it's one of the things that I know I can do to always feel better, always, like to be, it, it makes me feel like me, <laughs> you know, it, it reminds me of, you know, and it just, it hits reset, even like on a really bad day, I always feel better after a workout. Yeah. So, and, but, but I've been working out for a really long time. Definitely at some point for me, it's a, it's a routine that has become something I, I depend on a lot for many things, mm-hmm. you know, and, and re- the routine of it is part of it. For sure. Yeah. Kind of like I feel better when I cook dinner and when I, you know, like there's a lot of things that are sort of 
my, I mean, it's, it's a home court habit. <laughs> sort of, I guess what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and when you said it makes me feel like me, that really struck me because I don't think I feel like me right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know who me is anymore. I'm still figuring her out, you know, and like, mm-hmm. okay, what does she do? You know, and I feel best when I, when I sleep. And so when I wake up in the morning, I can usually start a day pretty good. At the end of the day, I'm tired and I'm, the depression starts to creep up and the, wow, this really sucks. Sure. So that's why I've sort of gravitated towards sleep. Like I really need to, to sleep because that makes, when I wake up in the morning, I feel like me again, at least for a while. Great observation. If I could equate sleep and exercise as being the two things that I needed to do to feel like me, then, you know, that would be a great association in my mind. You know, whatever that exercise is, it doesn't have to be, like you said, it doesn't have to, I don't have to go to the gym and deadlift. So that still appeals to me. Yeah. And you might get there. Yeah. But that doesn't need to be the standard. If I'm not at the gym deadlifting, I could just lay down. You know, there's, there's nothing in between. You could deadlift or you can lay down and read a book. So those are your two choices. (laughs) It's kind of brutal. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, perfectionism is my vice of choice and it's, it tends to be that all or nothing, that black and white thinking that if I can't do X at the gym for X number of time, then I, I, I'm just not going to do anything. So that's a fixed mindset too. I've been reading a lot lately about <laughs> stuff. Good job. Well, I've been trying to figure this out too. Like, where is your head? You know, and I'm, I feel so lost. So, I mean, I've been all through Marshall Goldsmith with Mojo and, you know, I read Michelle Seeger's No Sweat, which was great, but I just, I, I still can't, haven't been able to figure out you know, the books are great, but they don't, aren't specific to me. At what point should I say, okay, that's enough. You need to get back on the horse. Or is it, is that a bad way of looking at it? You know, it sounds like maybe that I'm pushing myself too hard, which I keep suspecting is that I push myself too hard in in mentally. Right. And then, so I just give up before I even start. Yeah. It sounds like there might be a little bit of that. I, I can, I can hear a little bit of that in, in the way you're explaining you know, sort of a, it sounds almost like you're expecting exercise to make you feel like you did before all this bad stuff happened. Again, I want to go back to the way I felt last last year. Yeah. I want to feel strong. I want to feel fit. But you don't know what that looks like now. But one thing I can guarantee you is that it doesn't look like doing nothing. Yeah. So it might be another, another helpful reframe might be that you need to do some experiments. That'd be a good idea, I think. Because it sounds like you need a new picture in your mind of what you're even striving for. Yeah, because it's all focused on the gym. The gym I used to go to, the trainer I used to see, you know, the way I used to, the cute shoes that I had at the gym that were pink and cheerful. And now when I look at those shoes, I'm just like, those are way too cheerful. I don't want those shoes. Like, I don't feel cheerful. Yeah. It's like, all that stuff is like, I just got to like put it away and move forward with something. And like you said, a new picture. What does it look like? Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily need to be shelved completely. I mean, some something major happened to you, uh-huh. and this is your new reality. Yeah. So it's less of making that disappear and reclaiming your old life than incorporating that knowledge and that those feelings and that reality into a new vision for yourself. Uh-huh. You know, for example, uh, your mother, like you mentioned, like she she struggled with health and with cardiovascular fitness, it sounds like. Yeah. And I'm sure she would not want you to suffer through those things 
you know, as you get older. Yeah. You know, so like, for example, one reframe is like, at, you've, you watched this, you, you helped her through this. And, you know, one thing that you could do for her in some way is make sure that that's not what gets you. Yeah. It, Cause it's still just as applicable. And maybe, maybe part of me thought, well, it didn't, it didn't work. You know, she, she passed away anyways, so it didn't work. So I should just throw in the towel, which is, you know, again, you know, you don't even realize where your brain goes with these things, like such a fatalistic view. So she exercised regularly? No, she was really frail. Then what, then what didn't work? She died. I don't know. It's, it's like, what's the point almost, which again, like that's really fatalistic. And maybe that's just me coming to terms with mortality too. You know, I mean, this whole thing is just, it's such a mess in my head, in my brain. Like, how do, how do you get to the point where you sort these things out? You know, does it happen over time naturally where you sort of find meaning again? Like, I feel like I've lost meaning. Have you talked to any a therapist or anything like that? No, because everything else is like going along fine, except for this one big chunk, which is the exercise piece. Yeah. I'm working and the kids are fine and I'm helping my dad work through his issues. So it doesn't seem like I was not adjusting well, at least on the surface. But now that I'm on the phone with you, I'm like, eh, maybe I'm not so adjusted. Now Daria is asking me about a therapist, you know, maybe that would be worthwhile because it does. I do wonder about, of course, you know, there's meaning, you know, I'm a mom, I'm a daughter and, you know, I have responsibilities and stuff like that. But it it's shaken me to the core in a way that I, it's got me asking questions that I've, I've never asked before, I guess, or really delved into. And in some ways it's, it's made me understand things so much better. The beauty of life, the gift that helping my mom pass on, but I was so scared of death before and I'm not scared anymore. I've lost the fear completely because there's nothing scary about it. It's just sad, right? but it's also beautiful and joyful, you know, because I had a mom who was phenomenal. She was great. And I have such gratitude for that and gratitude for being able to be with her and be part of her journey. Yeah. That's all amazing. Yeah. The reason I mentioned the, the therapist was because of what you said about meaning. Yeah. Uh, I think that that is one of the most, it's, it's bigger than going to the gym. Yeah. You know, it's one of the, it's one of the most fundamental drivers and motivations of human existence. And, you know, it sounds like it might be worth it to you to, you know, have somebody to talk to for a couple of months and help sort of get that clear Yeah, in your mind. Cause it sounds like there's a lot, you, like you've gone through a lot of growth and you have, you know, made a lot of progress. And like you said, you're not you know, nothing's like your life isn't falling apart. Like you're, Uh you're mostly fine, but there's no harm in sort of working through that piece of it. Yeah. Because I feel like you could get some, I feel like you're still sort of grasping for some sort of closure or vision or, Oh, totally. Or something to, that you can, you know, hold as this, like, it's almost like you need a new value, you know, like you need a new, lesson or meaning from this experience that gives you purpose. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my guess is like, that's, that's one of the biggest factors here. Yeah. Cause you're having trouble figuring out how to be you. Yeah. The identity thing. And I, and I feel good as a mom and good as a wife and, you know, I've still got my dad and I, you know, he lives with us and I take, you know, help him and, 
I was really just starting to come into my own, you know, taking care of myself, making myself a priority and, you know, with my health style and everything when this happened. And so it's like, maybe I've regressed some that, cause it, it took me some work to go to the gym initially, even like, okay, it's important to take care of yourself. I kind of had to talk myself into it, mm-hmm. you know, cause I was raised up, you know, with this idea that, you know, when you're a wife and a mother, you just give everything to your family. You don't want anything or do anything for yourself. Yeah. That's a tough one for women. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's really old school, but it's real. It is. It's, <laughs> it's real. Very it, real. Yeah. And it's something that I really had to face and be like, okay, I reject that. You know, I'm going to take care of myself because I, I'm the only one who can, you know, nobody can go to the gym for me. Nobody can eat healthy for me. So I have to take care of myself. And, but that was still a really new identity for me, you know, when this all happened. So, mm-hmm. and you're, you're saying, I sound like I'm grasping and that is how exactly how I feel for certain things. I feel like I, okay, I'm on pretty solid ground, but others, I just feel like I'm still in the wreckage, the shipwreckage, you know, in the water with holding on to a piece of hoping to hold on to a piece of the wreckage. And I suppose that's normal too for grieving, you know, you got to find your way back. Yeah. You've got to find the right pieces and build a raft. Yes. Yes. And I, I feel, you know, like I said, I feel pretty good about, I get through the day, I get stuff done, the bills are paid, the kids are fed, but I just, every time I think about exercising or whatever, I just don't want to. And I don't know, I don't really It's like I lack motivation. It's like my motivation disappeared. Yeah, overnight too. It was like like you know you live in San Francisco. Have you ever gone sailing? You know when the wind dies and your sails just go flat. Yeah, and and it's just the wind's just gone. You know, and that's what it felt like to me. Like where did the wind go? There's no wind. Maybe you should be a poet because this is really beautiful (laughs) imagery. (laughs) Aw, I've thought about it a lot because like I keep turning it over in my head like. I love my husband, but he's always like, well, you just got to go do it. And maybe he's right. I know now at this point in my life that even if I don't feel like working out, I should probably do it 99% of the 95% of the time, Mm -hmm. let's say. But like I said, I I give myself a break on those days. And I maybe, you know, like one thing I'll do is we have an exercise bike at home. Maybe I'll just like read a book and do that instead of like going to the gym and doing deadlifts. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like I'll I'll, I'll have a, a, a backup plan so that I at least feel like at least I have the endorphins, you know, at least I have yeah. the, the, the body movement. I don't have that sedentary bleh feeling that I get when I don't work out a lot that I, which is the feeling I'm trying to avoid. Yeah. You know, I, I have my systems that, yeah. that work for me and, and you know, you, that one of your issues may be that you don't have that scaffolding. Yeah. You know, you, you were either, you know, crushing it, doing deadlifts at the gym or not. And you don't have that intermediate and maybe, maybe you need to find something that's just more enjoyable. I mean, hiking in your area is beautiful. I know you live in Oregon. Um, being in nature, by the way, is almost as beneficial as just exercising. <laughs> it's almost like if you just sit there, yeah. is like a huge amount of, of benefits psychologically and physically as well. Yeah. So maybe, maybe you need to take a step in a different direction. Yeah. I would, I would definitely say I didn't have that scaffolding because, you know, as I, as I talked about earlier that I was able to quit sugar, I have plans, you know, like if I crave this sugar, then I'm going to do these things. If then plans, you know, that I've been working on developing and stuff, but I haven't done any of that kind of stuff for exercise. Like if I don't want to go to the gym, then I'm going to do X. I've been using that to avoid sugar. So I could use that for exercise. 
Yeah. So it's a strategy that's worked for you before. Yeah. I already know how to use it. I just haven't used it for exercise. So like make an if then plan. If this happens, then I'll do this. You know, if I want to go get a candy bar out of the cupboard at work, then I will eat a date. This is what I do. Mm -hmm. And dates are wonderful. They're much better for you than the candy bars in the bag at work. But I haven't done that for exercise at all. It's again, it's that all or nothing. It's the black or white or what could be your date, your exercise date. Probably just going for a walk. The nice thing about going for a walk is that there's really no pressure. You can just go for a leisurely walk. Absolutely. It's one of my favorite things to do. I have the excuse of having a dog, but even if I didn't have a dog, I I love walking. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of walking. I actually, because it's so slow. (laughs) Maybe you need a bike. Maybe I do. I've actually thought about it. Like maybe I just need to suck it up and get a bike. I've always had this fantasy about those kind of shoes that clip into the pedals Mm -hmm. and having that, you know, like, (laughs) like that would be cool. Like that would motivate me to get on a bike. It's those shoes that clip into the pedals. I love this. ridiculous but no it's it's not though because it's like it's almost like such a good metaphor that it's silly but it's like literally getting on a new path yeah like it's like you're and going in a different direction it's like find a different thing clip in and see how it feels like treat yourself you deserve it you've been suffering for over a year yeah, it's been a rough year. Maybe I do deserve a bicycle with the with the pedals and the shoes. I imagine your husband would be very supportive. <laughs> he probably would be. He'd probably like be like, you need to go for a walk a couple of times to show that you're actually going to. But, you know, I mean, I was I was working out before. Right. He would love it if I just did something. He feels bad and doesn't know how to help me. So, yeah. By the way, definitely get one of those like padded butt shorts. Yeah. <laughs> If you're going to do the bike thing, because ouch. (laughs) Yeah. My butt is skinnier than it used to be. Yeah. Definitely not all the padding that it used to have. But yeah, maybe I should just get on a bike and start riding a bike. And that has like nothing to do with the gym or deadlifts and, but would, would be physical exercise and would, would be out in nature. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds fantastic to me. Yeah. I think I could do that. I think I should do that. I think that would be a good idea. Awesome. So that could be a date. Your new date. <laughs> yeah. That's my date. If I don't want You could to- name your bike like Medjool or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and sort of see it as the same thing. Like this is because when I, it was funny, I, I quit sugar. I didn't quit cold turkey. I had to wean off of it. So I switched to Lifesavers, Wintergreen Lifesavers. Hmm. And I ate Wintergreen Lifesavers for months. So whenever I would have a sweet craving, I would eat a Wintergreen Lifesaver. But then that finally became like its own problem. Like if I would eat one, I would eat 20. Then I finally was like, okay, I can't do this anymore. And so I was like, I'm quitting the Lifesavers. I'm getting off of the Lifesaver train. And then um, I went to Costco and they were giving out dates as a sample. And I just had one and I was like, oh, this is perfect. Cool. It was exactly the sweet that I needed, you know, so to replace lifesavers, I should just look at the bike as the same thing and start, you know, moving forward and literally moving forward because a bicycle, you're pedaling and you're going forward. Exactly. So many, so many euphemisms, so many metaphors there, so much poetry. (laughs) And and even if the bike thing, for whatever reason, doesn't work out like that's, I think, a, a viable approach in general, sort of thinking laterally right rather than 
you know, I feel like you're stuck in this front back path. Like, oh, yeah. Let's go sideways. <laughs> yeah. Like when, like, just to use another metaphor, when people get caught in a rip current and they have to, you know, if you try to swim to shore, you, you never make it to shore. You have to swim parallel to the shore so, so you can get away from the current. And that's kind of where I feel like I'm just stuck in this, like, going round and round in the same me- mental cycle. Yeah. A bicycle would definitely just get me out of that. Like, okay, don't worry about that. Just put that aside and ride a bike and for a while. And I love it. It could really help. It's actually the same thing I do. Is it? <laughs> I mean, I, like, well, I mean, I said I have, a, I have my bike at home. I don't ride it outside because I would get killed because it's not safe to ride a bike in San Francisco. But no, but I do ride my, it's the only time I do it. Like, I don't do the bike at the gym. Like, I do it. Yeah. So you save it for, Save it. Yeah. yeah. And you might get back in the gym one day, too, once you feel like it, whatever, you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I still have a gym membership because I keep waiting to want to go <laughs> and I keep not wanting to go. And so here I sit. Yeah. Well, next step is we'll not we'll not focus on that right now. Yeah, exactly. Put that on, aside and, and work on this instead. But yeah, I love it. All right. I'm going to close with two book recommendations for you. Oh, good. I love books. So it sounds like you've been reading a lot of self-help books and you know a lot about habits and, and change. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch gears a little bit from that stuff because it sounds like you've got that stuff down. Mm-hmm. There is an amazing book called Man's Search for Meaning. Oh, yeah, by Viktor Frankl. By Viktor Frankl. Have you read it? I haven't read it. It's always on my list of books I should read. It might be time to bust that one out. Yeah. It's really short and it's, I think it'll especially in the state you're in. Yeah. I think I think a lot of gears will click into place. That makes sense. The second is a book by Tara Brock called Radical Acceptance. Yep. I've been there. I've actually been listening to her podcast too. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I started, I didn't finish Radical Acceptance, but I do own it, so. It's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. It's a, it's, a, it's a big thing. Yeah. But there's some gems in there that I think you know, I think, again, like with your perspective now, I think that um, there's a lot you can probably derive from that that could be helpful. You know, I keep thinking about the five steps of grieving. And, you know, it always sounds, you know, when you're not grieving, like acceptance, that's the good stage to be at. And that's the that's the one you want to that should be easy. Right. And it's the hardest thing, the hardest it's the one we resist the most. I have so much resistance to acceptance. And uh, I think I start, I think I bought radical acceptance, like right after my mom died. So like I was nowhere near acceptance at that point, but I'm, I'm, it, it has really surprised me how hard it is to accept, you know, and, yeah. and something that's totally, you absolutely can't change, you know, and, you know, and I've, I've accepted the fact that, you know, it's, I'm grateful and it's beautiful and it's sad and I am where I am and I'm, but it's like letting her, it's like letting her go. I can't, you know, I haven't been able to. And I think acceptance is, yeah, definitely. I'm headed there. I feel like I make a little progress every day, but ugh, man, it's awful. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really, really hard. And one of the things I like about that book is there's a lot of practical advice. Like, like she foresees, what your resistance is going to be. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And then gives you more advice <laughs> to yeah. deal with that level of resistance. And it, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty thorough in its helpfulness. Yeah, no, those are both really good recommendations and I will definitely read them and, and start. And, and this is a good thing for me because it's sort of like this big 
moment, you know, well, I'm going to talk to Daria and then I'll figure it out, you know, from there. So it's a good, it's a good moment. Like, okay, I can, I can move forward from here. Yeah. It feels good. Thanks for doing it. I know it's heavy topic. No, I, I really appreciate it. Like, I, like, you know, I, I've been through something recently and this is not like, there's not one person listening to this who's not going to go through something like this. Yeah. It is one of the hardest things we ever do as, as humans, you know, our parents are older than us. We outlive them for the most part. Yeah. And it's, it's really hard. You know, and I appreciate you coming on and sharing such a personal and emotional struggle. And and I, I hope I hope it could be a little helpful. It definitely is. It definitely is. I knew it would be. I listen to your podcast all the time. And I'm like, you know, Daria, she just gets me, even though, you know, <laughs> we've, this is our second podcast. So she must know me really well now. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it helps. It really does help. And I, I appreciate you taking the time to do it. And you know, and I knew it wasn't going to be the easiest for you either because you're pretty close to the topic. But, you know, that's what I found is that the people that are closest to the topic get it the most and can be the most sympathetic to it. And well, thank you, Bonnie. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Foodist Podcast. I'm Daria Rose. And if you're interested in upgrading your own health style, learning how to get healthy and lose weight without dieting and without all of the suffering that it brings, then head over to my website, Summer Tomato, and sign up for my weekly newsletter. When you sign up, you'll get a free starter kit that'll teach you the basics of how to start changing the way you think about food, health, and weight loss. You'll also get a free chapter from my book, Foodist, called The Myth of Willpower that explains the science behind why the no pain, no gain mantra of the weight loss industry is the absolute worst approach to getting healthy. So come over to Summer Tomato and sign up. We have a fantastic community and we would love, love, love to have you. Thanks for listening and I will see you next time.